Uh, let's pray as we turn our attention to reflect on uh, our sixth lesson. Father, we've heard your word spoken, we've heard it read, we've sung it, we've said it to one another. There are many beautiful themes that we've already heard and sung and, and prayed today. Now, as we turn our attention to this particular passage in John, Lord, I pray that your Spirit would teach us, that you would encourage us with its truth, and that you would be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our readings from the Gospels of Matthew and Luke give us the historical details of the birth of Christ. There we read of angels and shepherds. We hear of the baby and the manger. The Gospel of John doesn't go into any of those details. Instead, it reflects on the spiritual significance of those events. Uh, it, it, it reflects in particular uh, on, on several Old Testament themes, one of whom we read earlier in our first lesson from Isaiah. Isaiah described the broken world that we experience in terms of walking in darkness and living in deep darkness. It's a way of describing the distress and the anguish that we feel when things are not the way they're supposed to be. Kids, have you ever been at home at night when the power goes off and all the lights go out and it gets really dark? All of a sudden, in an instant, everything is pitch black and it can be a scary thing, can't it? But then eventually your mom or dad will, will find a candle or, or something, a flashlight, and, and this small light, this flickering flame perhaps, brings relief, doesn't it? My kids grew up camping in the mountains of Colorado. Uh, we would always try to get the tent sites that you had to walk into, you had to pack your stuff into so that we'd be away from all the RVs and the parking lots and the satellite dishes uh, that people camped with. And uh, when you're a toddler in the woods at night in the mountains, it gets pretty dark in the forest. There are some strange noises. And so we would always have an LED light that we would hang from the top of the tent as a nightlight for them. Darkness is scary. In the Scriptures, darkness represents suffering and oppression and judgment. Light, by contrast, is joy and knowledge and goodness. By light we can see. Light keeps us safe. And so Isaiah, in our first reading this morning, acknowledges the darkness, but he spoke of a day to come, a day of hope so certain that he speaks as if it has already happened. Isaiah 9-2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. What accounts for this sudden influx of light? Isaiah tells us a few verses later in verse 6. He says, for, us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. One day one would be born who would set all the things wrong with the world right again. And Matthew and Luke tell the story of that child being born. John explains the mystery of what that means. This isn't just any kid, special as he may be. This is God himself coming into the world. And so John begins his gospel with words that would immediately call to mind another passage of Scripture. He begins, in the beginning. 
John is intentionally echoing the first words of the Bible from the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that first act of God in creation was to speak words. Let there be light. And the darkness of nothingness instantly exploded with brilliance. John tells us in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word was distinct from God. It was with God in a relationship with God. And in some mysterious way, uh, the, the Word was God. That Word that God spoke in creation was a person. It was, it, it was the Son through whom the Father created all things. But John also tells us that in the birth of Jesus, something else happened, something um, uh, that is filling out this idea of God coming to us. God came to us in a baby. He took on human nature. In verse 14, John says, the Word became flesh, flesh, and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, the second person of the Trinity, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It can become so familiar that we, we miss the amazing beauty of this event. This is the most amazing event in all history. The eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, infinitely holy Son of God took on a human nature and lived among us as one of us, both God and man at the same time. Incredible. Incredible. At His birth, the infinite God of the universe was present with us in a helpless baby. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In one short, shattering statement, John unveils this great idea which is at the heart of Christianity. The idea that makes Christianity different from every other religion and worldview. God Himself became one of us for our salvation. The Word who was eternally with God, who was God, is God, has now become Emmanuel. God with us. One of us. John tells us other things about him. In verse 4, he said, In him was life, and that light, that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so, with an act of recreation, God brings spiritual life and light back into a broken and dark world through the birth of Jesus, who is both God and man. Christmas is a celebration of the fact that the light has come to show us the way of life. Left to ourselves on our own, we're all in darkness. We don't recognize the light. Verses 9 through 11 tell us that even though Jesus, the true light, came into the world, even though the world was created through him, we didn't recognize him. We didn't generally receive him. The Scripture's assessment of human nature is that God has given us all life, but we're spiritually dead. A few chapters later, Jesus Himself will explain this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds 
Jesus says, were evil. Most people that you meet on the street look alive as they're walking down the street. If you tell them they're dead, they'll think you've lost your mind. But if you understand the connection that John is making between the light and life in this passage, you'll understand what this means. People aren't dead because they can't walk and talk and see with their physical eyes. People are dead because in their seeing, they do not truly see. We're spiritually blind, spiritually dead because of sin. And apart from the enlightening, enlivening work of God in our lives, we don't see Jesus as supremely valuable. People may acknowledge that they're not perfect, but they don't see themselves as sinners in rebellion against God. They don't see their need for His gracious gift, and so they don't see Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as, as precious. They don't value fellowship with God as their ultimate treasure. They're dead to the greatest and most significant reality of the universe. And if we're going to recognize these things, then something dramatic has to happen in us, to us, We have to be made alive. And thank God that is precisely why the Word became flesh. Verse 4, in Him was life for us. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. The gospel, the good news, is the message that God has come in Christ. It's the message that's given to us so that, as it says in verse 7, we might believe through Him. And in verses 12 and 13, yet to all who did believe, who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. To believe in Jesus doesn't mean that you simply know certain facts about Him. It means that you receive Him into your life. You trust Him alone for your salvation, for your relationship with God. It's not a box you check by attending worship services necessarily. It's a declaration of your allegiance and your trust that He is the one who can make you right with God. He is the one who gives your life meaning and purpose. Ultimately, it's a gift of divine grace. It's a a new creation, a rebirth. It comes to the gracious will of God for us. And through this gift of faith, we come to see Jesus as ultimately beautiful. We see His glory full of grace and truth, it says in verse 14. We recognize that through the fullness of Christ's divinity, we receive grace upon grace. That is grace that continually replenishes grace. The gift that keeps on giving. It's a well that never runs dry. Just as one measure of grace is used up, another comes along to replace it. The light of the world opens our eyes, enlightens us, so that we can see and experience God's continuous, inexhaustible, ever-present grace toward us. 
in our lives, we often get weary and discouraged, wondering if we can make it another day, another week. But just as we are about ready to give in, Christ gives us a fresh supply of grace to remind us and revive us and sustain us. Do you need to be reminded of His inexhaustible exhaustible grace toward you today? These opening verses of John's Gospel introduce us to the most extraordinary person who has ever lived. Jesus Christ, who is God, the eternal Word, the Creator, life and light, grace and truth, the one and only Son of God who took on a human nature to be our Savior. Christmas is the celebration of the fact that light has come to show us the way of life. He, Jesus, is the way and the truth and the life. It's through trusting Him, following Him, that we experience life as God intends it. Life in relationship with a loving God who would send His Son for us. Let's pray. Maybe you're here today and you'd like to receive God's gift to you in Jesus by placing your faith in Him for the first time. And if so, I'd invite you to pray this prayer of belief along with me. Heavenly Father, thank You for sending Your Son to earth as a baby so many years ago. Thank You that in my darkness a light has come to show me the way of life. Thank You that He paid for my sins for dying on the cross. Thank You that He rose again to prove that death was truly defeated. I place my trust, my faith in You, Jesus, to be my Savior. Guide me through the dark times of my life and give me courage to live for You. For all of us, Father, we thank You that that the coming of Your Son breaks our night like the coming of the dawn. The Son of Righteousness warms our faith and stokes our hope that one day, Jesus, You're coming again to finish what You've begun and fully consummate Your kingdom of grace and truth. Lord, give us grace until that day. Amen.